This is the Defenders Podcast on TV Podcast Industries. We're back with What If, Season 2, Episode 3, What If Happy Hogan Saved Christmas? Hands where I can see them, Hammer. Now surrender peacefully. <laughs> oh, the day you've been dreading has finally come. The day that you face off against Tony Stark's greatest adversary. Greatest adversary? What are you, a wealth tax? Welcome back, fellow Defenders. We're back with What If Season 2, Episode 3, What If Happy Hogan Saved Christmas? Keeping the Christmas cheer going. I'm one of your hosts, Derek. Hello there, fellow Defenders. Welcome back. I am your other host, John. And we're once again Chrisless. Yes, Chrisless. We are Chrisless. Post-Christmas. Post-Christmas. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Unfortunately, yes. but he, he ate too much turkey and drank way too much sherry <laughs> after one episode of what <laughs> that's all he did. He will be back uh, for more episodes later on in the season as we go through it. But as we talked about uh, last time, we are trying to fit all of our recordings in around all of the celebrations coming up for New Year's now. So, um, so, um, couldn't get us all together for every episode, unfortunately. No, exactly. But that's okay. Absolutely. Uh, before we get into our spoiler-filled discussion of this episode of What If, just a quick reminder, if you are new to the podcast, please head on over to our website at tvpodcastindustries.com where you can subscribe through any mysterious podcast player in the multiverse mm-hmm. of your choice. You can also uh, interact with us, send in any comments, theories, or observations on each and every episode of season two of what if by sending in your thoughts uh, by email to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com or of course uh, through our facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash tv podcast industries mm-hmm. where we do have a spoiler post for each and every episode of this season of what if if and you can also search for us and find us over on threads as well as we look to transition away from the bin fire that is x <laughs> absolutely making twitter our x exactly as you said last time <laughs> which i liked a lot uh, i also want to take this opportunity since it's the christmasy episode of what if to say a huge thank you to all of our patrons who support us over on patreon.com slash tv podcast industries uh, because of their support over there we've been able to host our our pub quizzes uh, throughout the year and um, we don't do them on every show, of course, uh, this, uh, that we do lots and lots of shows. But as far as I know, almost every single person has now received their, um, goodies from the, from all of the, uh, the pub quizzes that we've done this year. So uh, just one more person to receive theirs. Uh, they have to wait until the new year, unfortunately, for the, uh, the Gen V, um, jacket from, uh, Prime Video. So excellent. Uh, that'll be stuff. on the new year, but yes. they're, they're aware of that. Fingers crossed it's not being held up too much by all the Christmas posts. Mm, it has been. That's exactly why it's not there yet, oh, no. <laughs> unfortunately. Okay. But let's get into our discussion about What If. Season 2, Episode 3, What If Happy Hogan Save Christmas. A diehard-inspired episode, uh, if ever there was Certainly one. Certainly is. Yes. <laughs> Uh, to mention again, the executive producers for the show are Brian Andrews, AC Bradley, Brad Winderbaum, and Kevin Feige, of course. Uh, the head writer for the show is AC Bradley. Uh, this episode was written by AC Bradley and Matthew Chauncey, and the episode was directed by Brian Andrews once again. 
Good stuff mm-hmm. indeed. Yeah. She has been at the head of the show yeah. uh, since right back at the start. She's very central to all the concepts that we have in uh, in What If and the ideas that are going through uh, the storylines for the seasons. So, uh, so great to have her on board for this episode of the season, uh, the fun Christmas episode. Indeed it is. So, John, don't die too hard, but can you tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for this episode of What If? Sure. On Christmas Eve, Happy Hogan is assigned to oversee preparations for the annual Christmas party with Darcy, as well as security in the Avengers Tower, along with director Maria Hill, after Jarvis has been taken offline for debugging. But the annual holiday party is crashed by Justin Hammer and his henchmen, Sergi and Rusty, who lay siege to the tower for Tony Stark's technology and Bruce Banner's Hulk blood sample. Attempting to save the Hulk blood sample from the hands of Hammer, Hogan, working with Maria Hill and Darcy under the call sign Puffin 2, <laughs> is accidentally injected with it, causing him to slowly transform into a purple Hulk-like monster, though he manages to retain his intelligence. Mm. With the Avengers busy with their festive engagements and Jarvis inactive, Hogan contacts Darcy, who is tasked to find an AI to reboot the tower's system. But Darcy and Maria are captured by Hammer, Sergi, and Rusty, and hold them hostage in the penthouse to lure Hogan into the open. A now fully transformed Hogan confronts him and destroys the hijacked Iron Legion robots. Justin Hammer takes control of Stark's Hulkbuster armor Veronica as Hogan battles Hammer. The Avengers arrive, who mistake him as the aggressor until corrected by Darcy and Hill. With Hammer subdued by Hulk Hogan, Tony Stark deactivates Veronica and Hammer is taken into custody. Hogan is praised for his efforts as he and the Avengers resume their Christmas party before Thor arrives and wonders what he has missed. Mm-hmm. Yes, party, party Thor has arrived for the party, but is late. Exactly, exactly. Misses it all. Uh, oh, no. Yeah, just in time to see the burning uh, Avengers Terror as he arrives <laughs> in his Christmas hat. <laughs> and an, an interesting kind of side story here with uh, Happy Hogan, uh, Maria Hill, and uh, and Darcy uh, in Avengers Terror, but not featuring the Avengers for the most part. They are out of the story for the most, most of the episode. Yes, I, I do like, uh, you know, uh, as he tries to get help from each of the Avengers, they mm-hmm. all have their own problems going on at these festive engagements Mm -hmm. and i do like uh the tony stark and steve rogers one where tony first of all is kind of saying you know why is he asked effectively why is this kid asking for a captain america shield it's just a plastic frisbee as a toy Mm -hmm. Um, patriotic frisbee a patriotic frisbee (laughs) uh, as as a toy just as steve rogers is effectively being swarmed by soccer moms Mm -hmm. uh, that tony needs to go and rescue him from love it so uh, i did really did like that uh, aspect absolutely and the nod to uh, jingle all the way as we had uh, had hawkeye and uh, bruce banner uh, in a a toy shop um yeah hawkeye with his hands on the last iron man toy and all the kids screaming at him to get give them the final iron man um and unfortunately we actually see it in the final closing credits that right beside <laughs> that 
there are loads of Hawkeye toys all marked at 25% off. There's a little <laughs> yeah. dig on Hawkeye there, but I know, uh, another little Christmas so movie pointed. reference. Isn't it? Yeah. So pointed. Yeah. Uh, but the biggest movie reference, we always start this out with, with what, where have we seen this before? What's the Marvel Cinematic Universe this is, uh, this has taken off? Uh, the biggest movie reference, of course, is Die Hard. For actually, sure. Which isn't in the MCU. Uh, and they don't call out the name of it. Uh, they have the interchanges between the characters, the exchanges between the characters where they're trying to remember the name of this movie. They even call out John McClane. Uh, Darcy's going through all the rip-off movies of that, like Under Siege, um, but they don't actually call that Die Hard. But did they need to? Everything in here absolutely uh, stri- strikes uh, Die Hard. Everything right, right the way through to Justin Hammer at the end getting kicked out of the building uh, and falling potentially to his death. He gets, he does get saved, but looking exactly like Hans Gruber in, uh, yes. in Die Hard falling out of the building. So, For sure. Uh, so yeah, uh, in this in this case, we have Happy Hogan uh, climbing through the pipes, um, jumping out of windows, just like John McClane. So. For sure. And we have Darcy, rather than breaking into the bank vault mm-hmm. uh, to that wonderful music uh, and the light, uh, we have her sort of getting to the mainframe of Tony Stark's uh, AI and security system. Exactly, exactly. Um, but what MCU movies does this connect to, I suppose, is the other the other thing to, to kind of call out here, I suppose. Um, well, it what- certainly sort of references the events uh, before... Avengers Age of Ultron mm-hmm. but it, in a sense as well Justin Hammer's takeover of the uh Tony Stark bots um as their eyes go red as mm-hmm. well that is a reference to Age of Ultron where they all kind of um have been uh, reprogrammed and infiltrated by Ultron so yeah. uh, you know and and his uh, AI so it's both the reference to events before, but also including to some extent the Age of Ultron, Avengers, the yeah. Age of Ultron. Yeah, it's, like. it seems to take place in between those two movies. Um, as far as I remember, and again, I'm, I'm only going by a quick Google search, but as far as I remember, Justin Hammer doesn't get out of prison until 2020, which is way after yeah. those events. So this story really takes place after Iron Man 2 when he's put in prison and before Age of Ultron. Um, while Tony still has the Iron Patriots uh, surrounding uh, Avengers Tower. So um, so it, it takes place much earlier. Justin Hammer gets out of prison much earlier, which I guess is the small change that that leads to this entire episode. The small change here is that Justin Hammer comes up with a plan and breaks out of prison much earlier than, uh, than he did in the MCU. Yes, it, it's the fact that because Justin Hammer was arrested, was put into prison, he had too much time on his hands and was able to come up with this this plan for revenge against Tony Stark to, you know, eclipse him. I mean, he always thought he was the equal mm-hmm. of uh, of Tony Stark, and I do like where he is face to face. Uh, with Maria Hill, well, she has him held at gunpoint, mm-hmm. and um, you know she, he goes, "You're having a face-off against Tony's greatest adversary." Uh-huh. Uh, to which Maria Hill responds, "Tony's greatest adversary? What are you, a wealth tax?" Uh, which <laughs> I thought was just bang on the money. That really was a good. great line. I yeah. loved it. And yeah. um, you know, Justin, his inflated ego mm-hmm. of himself has oh, yeah. always been inherently comedic, actually. Absolutely. And I think it's really played excellently here. You know, it, it's it's that confidence 
in his own ability, mm-hmm. which is his downfall. He, Absolutely. You know, like you said, that he thinks that he's the equal of Tony Stark. He thinks he's 10 times yeah. the intelligence of Tony Stark. And he's looking to get 12 times the uh, the power of Captain America by getting the Hulk serum here. So he wants to be all the Avengers in one. But we have always said that about Iron Man 2. It's not the greatest of the movies, but Justin Hammer is a great character. Yeah. Uh, really, really well played by Sam Rockwell. He just eats up the scenery around him and he does it here as well. You know, he really is enjoying himself playing this role again of Justin Hammer. Definitely. Uh, yeah. Definitely. Um, and I, I think, uh, you know, that small change of him being able to sort of have that time to formulate his plan, break out of prison and then, you know, infiltrate into Stark Tower. I love the fact that it was under the cover of carrying in massive poinsettias um, mm-hmm. <laughs> for the Christmas decoration. Um it just kind of reminded me of the Terminator and with Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, sort of taking the the gun from um with the the roses mm-hmm. uh, and him crushing them, just using the roses as the cover for the gun and this yeah, it's you know, that 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 Christmas plant. Mm-hmm. Um so I kinda liked how him and his you know uh his two heavies uh come in under the cover uh you know of poinsettias to hide their guns yeah. uh, and and seemingly you know the fact that Maria Hill is there um mm-hmm. And the party's still going on, yet it still feels there's preparations, but really is all a bit stressed out by them. Of course. Um, it's happy. Because it's yeah. coupled to, you know, the fact that, um, you have Jarvis down at the moment. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's having to make sure his, the security detail is up and running. Uh, I love the fact that we have Darcy in here as well. Absolutely. Out. Anything with Darcy in, uh, is, is good for me. I just love the whole pitter patter of Darcy. Mm-hmm. And I love the jokes here as well. Um, in, in fact, at Darcy's expense, you know, Maria Hill is like, have you ever held down a paid job? You're always <laughs> yep. an intern or mm-hmm. doing something, uh, for free. Yep. You know, how, how do you, survive effectively mm. but even, um, even happy saying to her when she says that he's the best boss ever he says that's what, such a great compliment coming from somebody who's had so many bosses <laughs> over the years so yeah. uh, I thought that was really good fun as well uh yeah i i, I love darcy i love i love what cat dennings brings to uh brings to the mcu she's always been such a fun presence was great at wandavision uh and great here in uh in this episode uh, as a real fun episode you know and it, it's different to the other episodes you talked about so far you know it's 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 a very contained story yeah uh you know, being by its nature, being the diehard of the MCU, I suppose. Um, it's a, ve- a much smaller story. So, uh, so any other moments that you want to talk about from the episode, John, I suppose? I, I love the fact where he's trying, you know, as Maria Hill is trying to distract Justin, you know, you've got, um, Sergi and Rusty trying mm. to break into the vault. Um, I love <laughs> the fact a sledge with a sledgehammer as, exactly. as their cracking device. Yeah. yeah. Um, I love how Hogan is is kind of between the glass um mm-hmm. and is like and it, it's a running gag ultimately of you can see me can't you mm-hmm. you know as the lights as as the ventilation system sort of falls down off off the ceiling under his weight all the lights go on and they can see him mm-hmm. but up till that point they couldn't see anything they just hear noises they yeah. think it's a big rat or something and the, the, you have the running gag of him uh sort of trying to hide from Sergi and Rusty, but there's, they can see 
exactly where he is. Yeah. And I like that. But just as the light's going on, he's going, be a shadow, be a shadow, you're a shadow. Mm -hmm. And he's like, he's just lit up like the proverbial Christmas tree. Yeah. And I thought that was really good fun. And I I loved the fact that he doesn't fully Hulk out. (laughs) I love the Mm -hmm. fact that after, you know, the the Hulk blood has injected, been injected into his leg. Um, that is just his leg is the first thing that Hulk's out, out, but it's only one of his legs, mm-hmm. which comes in handy to knock down the door. Um, and then he gets both his arms hulking out. And then finally his torso and all, and his other leg, you know, finally hulks out yeah. by the end. But I like that half of this action is going on where he's just got a Hulk leg. Mm-hmm. Um, which basically is useful for him um running or knocking things through yeah. and and then you know you have that it felt almost like an ET moment where he's hiding in the closet um, mm-hmm. and he's trying to call the Avengers as one of the, the Stark bots has kind of come in yeah. to, to the office, you know, or like from the horror movies, you've got the, that kind of slatted cupboard door mm-hmm. that you get uh, in, in the movies um and eventually the 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 robot um is looking directly in there but he's gotten his hulk arms at that stage mm-hmm. so he's able to use them to full effect to knock the stark bot um out and then he wants to try it again to you know sort of get that you know feel that power and mm-hmm. strength that he he's received from the hulk blood they're not stark bots actually are they what are they? I, they're iron legion that's it iron yeah. legion yeah the iron i legion. said that in the synopsis but mm. for some reason it just doesn't trip off the tongue it doesn't it doesn't yeah 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 but there there are some fun moments in this episode i really like um justin hammer uh trying to claim that a christmas story is the story of his childhood <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. um, and everybody's kind of going you'll shoot your eye out with that you know one of the most famous christmas movies in, in the u.s i think mm-hmm. it's a classic it's a classic it's a great it's a, one of my favorites as well uh really o- always try and watch that the every red christmas. rider bb gun mm-hmm. the leg lamp of uh, course great great brilliant. movie great movie um but i th- th- thought that was really good fun um they do have the nod of him jumping out the window, um, of Happy jumping out the window, and instead of latching himself onto a fire hose like McLean did, he latches himself onto some material that's being used for the party later on, and again <laughs> catches him at the wrong point and throws him back in through a window below. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. Uh, really good fun, really good fun. Yeah. I, I loved him and Darcy sort of having that discussion about having a call sign over mm-hmm. the, the walkie-talkie, and it's kind of like, it was like flamingo three or something uh-huh. or something six and in the end you know during the course of uh, of the episode you you find out that happy hogan's call sign is puffin two mm-hmm. and hers is sparrow one yes uh, so that was really good i like that and puffin one is uh gary in accounting yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is highly offensive and um, there is one interesting little uh little touch and it's probably up more in notes but there is one interesting touch when hammer is trying to tell everybody to calm down they'll all get home for christmas where he says a line in a very specific way he says i guarantee you'll be home for christmas which any uh marvel uh comic book or marvel um animated show fan uh, who may have liked the x-men back in the 90s will recognize that's the way gambit used to say i guarantee uh, he would okay. always say it in the uh, in his cajun french accent uh, when he'd say i guarantee so it was quite interesting to hear yeah, it just hammer say I that i wondered what that was about actually yeah, yeah. yeah it's just an odd little uh, an odd little nod uh, back to the x-men cartoon of the 90s which yeah. are returning in 2024 uh, yeah. the x-men sequel car- cartoon coming out uh, later on uh, in 2024 um 
does this change anything in the universe in the future, John? We normally have our last point uh, that we talk about, which is what if the universe was changed forever? What does it change? I think if it changes anything, mm-hmm. it's probably more on a personal note. Okay. So, you know, it ultimately changes Happy Hogan. Mm-hmm. I mean, he does ask for a cure, but whether he gets one yes. is another matter. I mean, wh- whether he's able to change back as well. I mean, uh-huh. it does seem like, you know, the, the whole anger or distress thing, that, that, that strain is what leads him to hulking out over time mm-hmm. during this episode. Um, Kind of, yeah. You know, to yeah. an extent. You know, it, it's only as he's gone through all those different walls mm-hmm. that, you know, and the, the pain of that, the, the, the anguish, the stress, the anger that builds up from that, yeah. that then he fully transforms. Um, and so, you know, potentially Happy Hogan is an intelligent Hulk, can be, um, possibly a more frontline member of, um, of the action moving Maybe. forward. I'm not saying he is because we don't know. Yeah. Yeah, that is kind of a big change to have Happy possibly uh, a, 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 well, not a smart Hulk, at least in control of his own facilities and able to, able to, um, not just be controlled by rage. Because at this stage, there is only one Hulk in the universe and Tony's been trying to cure him. That's why he has the Hulk blood. And we know from She Hulk now, much later in the MCU, that when Jennifer got her powers, she was able to control uh, being able to change from Hulk and back into normal, uh, into a normal human. Yeah, she was able to, yeah. to take control of that. So potentially that's happened much earlier in the MCU and the second Hulk in the universe is happy and potentially he's able to change back. But you're totally right. He does ask for a cure and and uh, Tony laughs it off. Um, he doesn't tell him that he's going to be able to get him a cure. Um, he just laughs it off and makes a joke and, and says, thanks, happy. What, could, what would I do without you kind of thing? Yeah. But what we do know is that Bruce Banner's never been cured of being a Hulk, right? Yeah. Not at this stage anyway, right. certainly. So uh, so that that is a big change for the universe. There is another Hulk in there and potentially um, the earliest version of a Hulk with their own memories and their own mind. Um, so I thought that was quite quite interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Any uh, other changes, John? Um, no, I think they're the main ones. I mean, possibly Darcy gets a job out of it. That might know? be interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, and possibly, you know, Jarvis is ultimately, uh, supplanted by Werner, mm. uh, the Werner Herzog, uh, German AI, uh, instead of the, the English butler. Do you know, I think that's a fun joke. It I, is. It yeah, really is. Just the idea that the, that it would have the voice of Werner Herzog after having uh, a character as, you know, as, Upper class British as, uh, as Paul Bettany's, uh, version of Jarvis, uh, in the past. Now we have Werner Herzog, uh, doing it. Apparently this came from, um, John Favreau, of course, working on, uh, The Mandalorian. Uh, Werner Herzog had worked on the first season of that and they were hoping to get him to come in and do the voice. Uh, he politely declined, uh, to do the voice according to, uh, according to, <laughs> to the director of the show. Um, which is okay because we got Ross Marquand, uh, from Walking Dead and from, uh, Invincible, uh, back doing another voice within uh, the MCU after doing uh, re- the Red Skull, uh, of course, uh, in live action. So, uh, so that's quite cool, uh, having Ross Marquand back doing this uh, this jokey character. It could change Age of Ultron in the sense that, you know, um, it could be, you know, as Maria Hill describes, you know, what is this nihilistic <laughs> mm-hmm. sort of uh, AI that's suddenly uh, speaking? So, yeah. yeah, maybe that is. But, yeah, I think it's a little bit more limited. I think yeah. this is more of, you know, um, what if the uh, 
that party that happens in um the Avengers Tower is at Christmas yeah. and ultimately involves Justin Hammer rather than Age of Ultron. Exactly. Exactly. We move on to a couple of little notes from the episode. Yeah. yeah. Um, one I wanted to definitely note, because uh, we're literally just talking about whether being the choice of uh, of AI to take over, uh, a couple of little uh, call-outs there. Um, as Darcy's going through the list of possible AI, she first calls out Wadsworth as an option. Yeah. Um, Wadsworth was the butler in Clue. Um played wonderfully by Tim Curry. Yeah, uh, absolutely. One of, my, one of my favorite movies, but he was the butler in Clue, so uh, another butler, effectively, uh, possibly taking over from Jarvis. Well, I, yeah, and uh, she does say it sounds like a, a British or English period drama uh, mm-hmm. with all the different names. Exactly, exactly. We also get the call-out of Edith as another option for the AI. Edith is the um, the AI that takes over after Jarvis, yeah. uh, which we see in Spider-Man um, and all, those, all the Spider-Man movies as well. Absolutely. So, yeah. I also... Uh, I, I just like when Darcy is trying to, you know, get to the new AI. She thinks she's in the main mainframe room. She goes, I didn't realize how small this was until uh-huh. she opens it up and you get the classic, um, sort of diehard, uh, riff here with, um, I think, is it Beethoven's Ode to Joy mm. coming up with the, the lights as this huge mainframe space comes into view and Darcy's like, this is, like the doorknob for the dork Narnia, <laughs> Absolutely. Um, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. just referencing uh, the line, the witch in the wardrobe exactly. and uh, another Christmas movie. I think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, great stuff. And I think we should also give a shout out to the post credit scene uh, also featuring um, Kat Dennings, at least an audio Kat Dennings yes. uh, singing her lovely Christmas song at the end. And I don't know whether that was just Kat Dennings in the studio, just having a bit of fun. They thought they would throw it in at the end because there is a laugh from her about how silly yeah. the song is yeah. uh, as she makes it up but uh, a really funny moment if you didn't stay uh, stay to the end of the credits because as usual uh, it's trying to get you to go on to the next episode um, click back in and listen to the last little couple of seconds I think it's about 20 seconds of uh, another little riff from Cat Tannix yeah absolutely but overall John do you defend the Christmas Eve episode the uh, season 2 episode 3 of What If What If Happy Hogan Saved Christmas uh, yes, I do defend this. Um, you know, I think it's just good fun. I mean, I think I'd give this three and a half, uh, right in the jingle bells out of five, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, to be honest. Um, yeah, I, to me, this is just good fun. I like the riff on Die Hard. It is literally one of my favorite movies. I love, uh, Alan Rickman. And in a sense, the way Sam Rockwell plays Justin Hammer, you know, does have that hint of Hans Gruber and how it's played by the late great Alan Rickman, who mm-hmm. is just a favorite of mine as well. So I just really liked that. It just felt right. Yeah. And then uh, you add in Bruno Herzog's accent, which is almost the same as Hans yeah, Gruber's Exactly. Accent. <laughs> um, I yeah. love how Happy Hogan turns into Hulk Hogan very, very slowly uh, and in different anatomical yeah. parts uh, as he goes through. Do you know, through Asia, I was writing in my notes as Happy Hulk. And it's only when Justin Hammer said Hulk Hogan, I was going, oh, that's much more, that makes much yeah, more yeah, sense exactly. than the joke. Yeah. Um, I, I love Darcy as well. Mm-hmm. To me, this was just good fun. Yeah. Um, which I think was the whole aim for it. So yeah. yeah, for me, three and a half right in the jingle bells out of five. Excellent. Derek, what about yourself? Do you defend this episode of What If? 
I definitely defend this episode. It's a fun, uh, a fun episode of the show. Very different to anything we've seen in What If before. Maybe the only other episode that's similar to this was the Party Thor episode last season. Yeah. Yeah. Or the whole of uh, Hawkeye. <laughs> kind of, kind of. But I do think this is much more jokey. It's kind of playing with the format yes. to have a bit of fun for Christmas. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I think it's far better than the Party Thor episode. If you remember, uh, I was very <laughs> negative on that. Uh, I think this works far better than that episode did. Um, but it is just a lot of fun. I can't imagine they're going to, this is going to spin off into something else. No, unless I, I, we're going to do another Christmas special next season from the What If team. Absolutely. Um, and I don't see. You know, at this moment in time, like it certainly has no Guardians connection, mm-hmm. really. Yeah. So, like the connection or the through thread that may or may not occur yeah. with this second season of What If, you know, it's certainly not clear if there is to be one. Exactly. It's just more the Watcher says at the start. I want to tell you my favorite Yuletide story. Yeah, exactly. And this is this is the one he chooses to tell. So, uh, so I think it's fun. Um, I think like I think it's one you'll yeah from the season exactly, so but I think it's what I'll watch again. You know, next Christmas, you know, they they had the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special last year. This year, it's the What If Christmas special. Maybe there'll be a Daredevil Christmas special next year at the end yeah. of next year, or Agatha uh, Harkness Christmas special will be the one they'll do next year. Um, keep them coming. Keep Christmas specials coming. They're always fun. Uh, the Doctor Who ones are always better. But anyway, um, especially this year, this was great. Excellent. Yeah, enjoyed stuff. this episode. But John, what if we had some feedback? Indeed, yes. yes. We do have some feedback, of course. First up, we have an email in from Coffee and Vodka who says, Greetings, fellow Hammer Holiday Defenders. Given the premise of Hammer versus Hogan, with Darcy co-starring in a die-hard homage, I thought this would have been a real season topper. Instead, it was a one-liner greatest hits package under a banner reading, Hey, Gen Xers, remember phase <laughs> one? Which still should have been good, but it felt a bit flat despite Kat and Sam's excellent voice work and Tony playing with Hulk's blood. Is there any reality where he's not the secret villain? The best parts of this episode were Darcy's post-credit singing and Justin's Hey Hulk Hogan line. Nonetheless, an entertaining enough watch. 2.5 hammer dances, unsafe crackers and Hulk buster busters out of five. Peace and take care. Coffee and vodka. Thanks so much, Coffee and Vodka. Um, yeah, I mean, I definitely can see your point here. Um, mm-hmm. I think for me, I just, yeah, it was like, I just let it all flow over me. Yeah. Um, and I, I totally agree with you. You know, I think Kat Dennings and Sam uh, Rockwell's uh-huh. voice work are really good here. I thought um, John Favreau was good as yeah. well. I, I, I really thought he kind of lent into the... Um, the comedy here as well, Absolutely. which I think worked. So, um, I thought it was just, a, yeah, a good Christmas special. Exactly. It's one, it's one of those episodes you wouldn't watch in, you know, the middle of summer or something, you know, if you, no, if, you if you weren't in the Christmas spirit, as you were supposed to be, if you're watching this on Christmas Eve, uh, you're supposed to be in the Christmas spirit. So, uh, I guess if you're watching at any other time of the year, um, may not have come across as well or may not go across as well as it does right now uh, as we're all in the Christmas mood. Uh, brilliant stuff. Thanks, Kathy and Vodka, and thanks for your thoughts so far in the season. Absolutely. Uh, over on Facebook, we have Heather Wallace, who says, Cap as a Christmas elf is everything. <laughs> uh, yes, I think Heather Wallace will have to say Heather, bra- open brackets, soccer mom, <laughs> close brackets, Wallace. Absolutely. Uh, with that, I yeah. could I could see... Um, you were attacking the Christmas elf on Christmas Eve. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, you know, I, I also like the fact that when the Avengers turned up, uh, everybody was still wearing the outfits from their festi- yeah, <laughs> from their festivities, including him still in his elf costume. 
I don't um, think as well, because there was that moment where he goes, is that Happy Hogan mm-hmm. in, in as as Hulk? And it's like, no, nah, no, it's not. And, you know, and then Darcy explains that it is. And he's like, oh, I got that right. Yeah. It was kind of like, <laughs> but it wasn't like a man out of time. It was just like, uh, it was like everyone thinks I'm stupid. Exactly, exactly. Uh, but I do it. I do it. Good stuff. Yeah, thanks so much, Heather. Uh-huh. Uh, also on Facebook, Donald Dennis says, so there were lots of diehard references, right? Like the staging when Hammer shows up mm-hmm. and some of the vent scenes and some others and that's besides the actual verbal references between darcy and happy mm-hmm. uh, absolutely yeah i think the call sign element is uh, a kind of reference to Do- die hard as well i think so i think you know, so uh, yeah. with the cop outside the building uh so yeah it certainly was donald's certainly was yeah you're right the call sign reference is, is a diehard reference but she also uh, Darcy also calls herself Reginald Val Johnson who's the actor yes. who played the cop in, Di- in Die Hard yes. and, and Happy's going to go and you don't remember the name of the movie but that's stuck in your head Reginald Val <laughs> yeah. Johnson uh, he's a very famous actor even after Die Hard so, yeah. uh, so I, I get that I get that uh, but it wasn't just Die Hard reference it wasn't just those we still had you know, we went through them there things like uh, Christmas Story being brought in and I, I'm sure you could make a case for Happy being home alone uh, yeah, as well indeed yeah. <laughs> left behind by the Avengers so uh, lots of Christmas references in there Uh, good stuff thanks Donald thanks Donald and finally we have some thoughts in from Joel Sharpton who says finally watched this one last night finishing literally as midnight chime to bring in the 26th of December fantastic episode and this confirms to me that I want a Marvel Christmas special every single year Excellent stuff, Joel. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, completely agree. I thought this was really good fun. Yeah. I love the pitter patter of it. Um, love the references, all that. And I, I think this certainly, uh, fantastic little Christmas special. Yeah. Yeah. I want, I want event specials from Marvel. You know, we had the, the awesome Werewolf by Night as yeah, a Halloween exactly. special. As I said, the Garden of the Galaxy Christmas special last year and then this one this year. And, um, you know, I, I want a bit more, uh, Marvel doing fun stuff when they're when they're on TV, uh, things that connect in with other events. So, looking forward to the uh, July Fourth uh, Captain America special next year. Yeah, or the Easter yeah. Bunny special. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Or the Summer Solstice, where we kind of get a Wicker Man flavor mm, with Agatha yeah. Harkness. That could yeah. work. That could work. Good stuff. Thanks so much for all the feedback. If you want to send us in any further feedback, you can email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. We'd love to hear from you as well. If you want to send us any voicemails, you can email us to that email address. Just record your thoughts up to 90 seconds, please, uh, so they can fit into the episode. Or you can pop on over to our website at tvpodcastindustries.com and there's a record message button on there as well where you can record your thoughts too. Uh, otherwise, you can pop on over to our Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash tvpodcastindustries where we have a spoiler post for every episode episode of what if that's been released so far yes and of course at this time of the year uh, please of course share the podcast as <laughs> well because sharing the podcast is sharing the festive love it's sharing the festive love of course it is indeed it is brilliant that's it for our chat about this episode we will be back next time with what if season two episode four what if tony stark crashed into the grandmaster hmm revisiting one of my least favorite of the Marvel movies, Thor Ragnarok, I think. Oh, lovely, Jubilee. Mm. Yes. But that is uh, the episode that was left out from season one, as far as I know, the one with, uh, with um, Gamora. Uh, that was supposed to be in season one, but they couldn't fit it in season one. So they moved it into season two. So uh, be excited to see that one. Yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to it mm. in the sense that I really like Jeff Goldblum. Mm. Um, yeah. I hope he keeps the same deadpan style because... 
to me, I can I can eat that up all day. To be honest, so I really like it. Excellent. Um, it'd be just be Jurassic Park in the Marvel universe, hopefully, um, <laughs> or know. Ragnarok again. Or uh, Ragnarok again. Yeah. Yes. Good stuff. Well, we'll talk about that one next time. Thanks so much for joining us. Talk to you again when we get back. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, fellow defenders, for being Christmassy with this Christmas special. Uh, until next time, where we go, Jeff Goldblum. Remember, keep watching, keep listening, and keep defending, as well as keep jingling. Yeah. Bye. Bye. <laughs>